to the Fortress of Comic News, episode 179. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside, yes, ladies, he's back. It's Mike. Ladies. It's <laughs> ladies. The gentlemen out there don't give a crap. You assume, you assume women listen to us. Well, I don't know, maybe. Maybe there's a few out there. I know my sister does, so there's one. There. Yep. She's the one I'm talking to. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, where did my brother go? Oh, he's back. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was a it was a dark time. I was gone for for two weeks, a week. I don't even know. The time just seems to blend together these days. Yeah, it's uh, the this year has lasted five centuries. Um, it was only one week though. <laughs> in the in the century of twenty twenty. <laughs> well, I was, I was talking to our mutual friend Joe, my other podcast host, about it, and yeah. he was out of work for a little bit when you know when the shit really hit the fan initially. Yep. And he told me, "It's like, oh yeah, it was just a month I was out." I was like, "You were out for like three months? What are you talking about?" And he said, "No, it was only a month." It's like, <laughs> I don't know time anymore. COVID has destroyed yeah. time. Well, people, people at work ask me about like anything that happened between March and April at work. And I was like, they're like, how long were you out for? I was like, honestly, I don't even know. I could, I can't even like, it could have been, it could have been two weeks, but it also could have been two months. I absolutely have no idea how long I worked from home. <laughs> uh, well, solid COVID talk going on here. Yeah. Um, anyways, we have a podcast, so you don't have to worry about the real world. So. So uh, I will, can, I will give you the end real quick, Mike, because oh, um, yeah. I know you listened to last week's show. Yes. Um, we had we had a, a big death in our community, and we talked about it a little bit. I mean, did you have anything to add to that? Little, what we said there? Um, no. I mean, obviously, I'm talking about Chadwick Boseman. Everybody. Yeah, I know. Um, it sucks, and you know, uh, I, I mean, it was a big surprise to everyone. Like nobody knew that he had cancer, and I mean. It really sucks being put in the limelight like that, and you had people like calling him out, calling him crackhead and stuff because they didn't understand the situation. And that's like the, and that's my my biggest pet peeve about the internet. And I've never really preached on the podcast, but I always tell people to like, I won't argue for one side or the other, but I will argue if you didn't fact check. And if something like you post, um, or like if you're like shitting on someone. And I clearly can just Google search what you're shitting on and be like, this is just a doctored up photo or you don't actually know the source where this came from. That's what makes me that's what makes me mad at people. And, um, you know, you don't always you can't always assume things when you see pictures online. So obviously very shocking. Um, He will forever be immortalized within the Black Panther movie. That is for sure. Um, I don't I mean, he was one of the best parts of that movie and that character. Um, and just outside of the character, he's a lot like a lot like the other, you know, Marvel people. Um, I mean, this is James Gunn, uh, <laughs> James Gunn aside are really good people. I mean, like we talk about how much, uh, Chris Evans is like Captain America outside of, um, the role and how much, uh, you know, um, Van Wilder is such a piece of shit outside of playing Deadpool, which is, perfect for him Mm -hmm. but then also um he was such a nice guy and if you watch interviews he had kids reaching out to him with cancer that he um he felt awful about you know that were like holding on to see his movie and stuff like that so he was just a nice dude um very humble and uh you could tell that he cared 
Um, yeah. It wasn't just it wasn't and it wasn't just him bl- playing Black Panther like it meant something to people. So yeah, and, we said it last week, but it adds a whole new slew of context. Right. The fact that he was going to visit people like cancer patients. Right. Meanwhile, he secretly has cancer. I, like, yeah. I don't know about you, but I had zero. Like when this popped up, I thought it was fake. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Chad, oh, well, Chadwick's dead. OK, sure. And then did some research. I was like, holy shit, he is. So like the fact that he didn't tell anybody what he was going through. Right. Except for my family. But and he's going to these cancer patients like that just doubly is yeah, and I mean, even person. even the director didn't know. So uh, I'm assuming I'm I don't know I don't know how that works with contracts and stuff. But like at the end of the day, if a man you know a man dies, like the contract doesn't mean shit. I mean, he could be an asset for these movies, and Mar- you know Marvel has control over that. But I mean, it's if he does if he wants to be left alone, he wants to be left alone, um, and they should respect that. But also, just moving forward, I mean. Black Panther is a character still within the Marvel Universe. Obviously, they're going to have to handle that with the movies. I just wish... I don't want him to be replaced. Um, I would love to see his sister take up the mantle or someone like that in the movies. I think that if they if they want to do another movie, and please just show me it's not for a money grab. <laughs> Marvel, don't just replace him. Like have have a genuine story there of like okay he's moved on and now we have like his sister take up the mantle or something like that so throughout the years i've read like insider stuff and things from people they're talking that work there that that seemed to be what their plan was for a while so i don't know if they knew or not yeah um or if this was just like hey would it be cool if we did this yep so that makes sense to me um, I mean, they always have to be thinking about how to phase a character out because after a few movies, it's like it's been a decade and this person's already, you know, yeah. in their 50s and they can't be Black Panther forever, forever. But and I've said I said it with, you know, when it comes to Iron Man and now we can say it with Black Panther. There's a time when you can replace him. Yeah. If you if you announce Black Panther, too, and you mm-hmm. have. I'm just going to throw out a name, so I'm not shitting on anybody, but Michael B. Jordan <laughs> taking yeah. the role. Yeah. Actually, he was Killmonger, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But anyways, then it's kind of, that seems like a shitty move on their part. But if we're 10, know. 20 years down the line, they decide to do another one, it, it's fine. <laughs> yep. but yeah. But definitely, definitely shocking. Um, <laughs> I, I just want 2020 to be over. <laughs> I don't like or people do too. And it's funny, like, I keep seeing these tweets, like, y'all think that, uh, <laughs> like, the COVID and all this shit happening is just going to end with December 31st. And it's like, listen, that's all I'm holding on to right now. <laughs> uh, because just since we're wrapping up all the bad news right now, yep, you heard it. The Batman movie is put to a halt again. Uh, they just re- started reshooting in England. Uh, and then we got word that someone on the cast slash crew has COVID tested positive. Um, and from some of the stuff I've seen, I think a few sources are inclined to believe it is Robert Pattinson himself. So Batman may or may not have COVID, um, which would certainly put a halt (laughs) to all of the, all of the filming of the movie, because I'm pretty sure he interacts with everyone. So I think I read, it was either this morning or last night that there's, they're still doing some Filming because there's obviously there's scenes without Batman, right? Right, but yeah, a lot of the production is halted because I mean, it is a movie called The Batman, so <laughs> <laughs> the one the one central character that everybody else revolves around, 
in yeah. the one that got to go <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so I, I, it makes sense they had to shut down. I, I mean, it was already delayed a year, so whatever. It's, it is what it is. Make a good movie. Don't rush it. Um, but also, I, they pulled a fast one on us. You know, I think it was the Sunday night after we recorded the last episode um, with me and you talking about the Batman trailer. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'd watch the trailer like five more times, put it up on the big screen TV, you know, and then I lay in a bed later, like scrolling through my phone, look at all the comic book websites, what they're talking about. And I think that night someone had confirmed that worked for a prosthetics company out of England or something. Oh, so glad I could finally reveal that I got to work on this. And they showed a picture of like that fat dude from the, from the trailer. And they're like, what do you mean? What is, they're like, that's Colin Farrell. <laughs> Yeah. As the penguin, and I was like, and no, nowhere else had it been confirmed that like Matt Reeves never confirmed it. Like this little like prosthetic company, you know, cosmetic company in England. Like this is the work he did, and like looking at everything else that they've worked on, like oh yeah, okay, they're really good. Oh shit, okay, I can kind of see Colin Farrell, not really, but that's that's crazy because <clears throat> a lot of the fake news on the internet right now. Was like if you type in Batman because I was I've been typing in like Batman when they take you know when the Marvel movies come out and they have like photographs of like the sets and the actors I'm like really curious about that stuff just to see who's in it. There were these fake photos of Colin Farrell up and he must have been filming for uh, uh, like the Fantastic Beast movie because he had like white hair and it was slicked back. I think he was in that movie. And they're like, oh look, there he's Penguin with a cane and slicked back hair. And I'm like, oh okay, well, that's an interesting look. Well, that wasn't it at all. He's a fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I said it, and I don't think it was it was before any pictures came out, even the ones you're discussing, but I was yeah. very worried that they were going the Gotham route of this, like, mm-hmm. skinny, little weird, but just... Quirky. <laughs> I, well, if I mean, because I unfortunately watched, like, multiple seasons of Gotham. Me too. And uh, the Penguin in there, like, he's not awful, but the yeah. look is just not good. Yeah. I don't like skinny... Uh, you know, pseudo like he's yeah, he's a little weird, he's a little off, but right. I just don't like skinny penguin. Like penguin should be short and stocky. He should be a penguin. <laughs> yeah. How do you and get the? How do you get possibly the, I mean, have yeah. a, a vulture sidekick? You know that's right. fine, because um, that makes sense, right? Batman right. the animated series. Exactly. Um, <laughs> don't question it. But yeah, I, I always like my my penguin uh, Danny DeVito esque. <laughs> oh yeah. Eating fish, like swallowing fish, and oh yeah, it's just great. yeah, like the you know the the kind of the modern penguin from comics, and I mean Arkham, the Arkham games really push this too of him being kind of like a, a short, stocky but kind of like jacked, just gang yeah. leaders. Okay, but I still prefer the the fat obnoxious penguin. Yeah. <laughs> There was that there was that run of Batman where like all the villains were jacked, like even like uh, uh, Doctor uh, uh, Doctor Strange, like ripped off or not Strange. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, Doctor yeah, Strange. Yeah. Doctor Strange. Yeah, like he ripped off his lab coat and was like super jacked. I think that was like the Tom King run. <laughs> or, like everybody just looked like Bane, and I was like, uh, <laughs> it's like I hope, the whole point of Doctor Strange is just like a creepy old man that operates on people. Like you didn't need to make him jacked. But, they're, they're all you know snorting that venom, getting yeah, down. That venom working out in Arkham together. <laughs> <laughs> you got bodybuilders. <laughs> oh my god! There's the comic Bane, yep. like Bane, yeah, bodybuilder doing like uh, what's the Mr. Olympia? 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of the exercise program that like middle-aged women always do. Oh, Zumba? Kind of, but like the more intense one. But anyways, oh, like Taibo? Taibo, yeah. Taibo, yeah. Taibo with all the other villains. Like, come yeah. on, Penguin. <laughs> like teaching Taibo and Arco. Anyways, um, so long story short, uh, we, we, we had gotten a glimpse of uh, Batman, or not Batman, but Penguin. That was pretty cool, though. I'm excited for that. They look good. Right. Yeah. Uh, finally got a release date for Mandalorian season two premieres October 30th. I'm, I'm so excited. For you know this. what that means? Got to watch the whole first season all over again. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, shucks. Guess I got to do it. Well, no. Um, yeah, well, I could use more baby Yoda in my life, you know, yeah, we could all use a little joy and baby Yoda can bring it to us. Oh, for sure. Um, and just some TV, uh, the boys, first three episodes of the boys drop Friday. I watched all three of them. Uh, it's amazing. It's just like season one, same quality, uh, spoilers aside, I will say I'm really upset that they're doing this. Like every Friday, another episode comes out thing. Um, and that's, that's just my only gripe is we don't have, we don't have more than three episodes out right now. Um, Uh, so, so to listeners, I've been out of civilization for a few days now. They're, they only did three episodes. They, I just assumed they were going to drop it all uh, Yeah, and that's because that's what they did at first. They did three episodes, and then next Friday is episode four, Friday after that. So they're doing, like, the Mandalorian thing. I'm... And, I, and I realized they, they, and I, they dropped the first three episodes because after those first three episodes, you're established, uh, like, where we are and what we're going to be doing. Like, that's, they got the plan. All the characters are where they pretty much are going to end up for the season, I think. And then it's like, start, and then we don't have another episode. I was like, damn it. I kind of don't mind that. Like, I, I yeah. like the binging. Right. And it works for certain shows. But I also really, like, Mandalorian was nice because the whole family. It was like when Mandalorian hit. Yeah. It was like, oh, I, you know, let's get dinner ready. Let's all sit around the TV and watch Mandalorian together. Yep. And I kind of like like it was very old school reminded of growing up and watching uh, shows with my family. So but the irony for me is like we're coming full circle back to cable television. Well, yeah, because this was supposed to be cheaper than cable television. Now it's becoming more expensive. Right now, now you have like forty streaming services. You're paying more than cable, and then now you got to wait a week for your episodes to come out. So I can actually tell a quick anecdote because I didn't sign NDA for any of this, but I got oh. a I. I'd canceled my HBO Max just because it yep. was too much. Now I want it back because I want to watch some HBO stuff. But And I got an email from a survey company. It's all the people that um, got rid of HBO Max, I guess, got it. And they were asking a lot of questions about if we did ads and said it was like five ninety nine a month or six ninety nine, would you do it then? Would you come back? Would Do you think that's better? So I think that HBO Max is starting to mess around with the idea of doing it cheaper with ads, yeah, or at I'd least throwing it out there to people. I'd probably, I'd probably do that. I would. I mean, yeah. anyone that offers me that, I do it. Yeah. So our Hulu is that way. Um, Peacock, I have it that way. Uh, I think it's the only two that I can do it that way. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it personally. Well, yeah, because you get more content from various. I mean, I don't have HBO Max, but if they did that, I probably would buy it. Yeah, and they also asked a few questions about uh, um, 
DC Universe stuff. Mm. Do you really? Do we really so, need to add this? <laughs> so uh, my predictions are slowly coming true about DC Universe shit in the bed. Yeah, they're like goodbye. Yeah, but um, yeah. So the boys is really good. I mean, if you're already a fan of the season one, you'll be a fan of this one. Um, also. There was a YouTube Red. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Everybody remembers that, the, like the paid YouTube TV subscription thing had like exclusive shows on it. Um, they had the show Cobra Kai for two seasons. And I think like Kevin Smith has been like gloating or not gloating, but uh, just loving the show and like preaching about it to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it just hit Netflix this weekend and they're 30 minute episodes. Really, it's like Sony Pictures development. So it's a really good quality show takes place like 30 years after the Karate Kid movie. So like um, the two characters, there's Daniel and there's uh, the Cobra Kai kid that I can't remember his name right now, but it's them 30 years later. They have, they have children. Um, They're way too different parts of their lives. Like as far as like wealth and uh, fame and like how, and how their families are established and um, really good though, because like, even though, even though, you know, Daniel turned out to be like, you know, the rich guy and stuff, his his daughter behaves more like the snobby brat that should be in Cobra Kai. You know what I mean? Um, Makes sense. Or, or like hangs out with that type of crowd. And yep. it's like he he's now Cobra Kai is now training the kid who's he's training the nerds pretty much. But he's not nice to the nerds like. The nerds show up and he's like, "Oh, this one's fat," and you know, like, "What's up? What's up with your lip?" And they're like, "You can't, you can't." The kids are like, "You can't say things like that." <laughs> but you'd love it because he's just an asshole to the kids. Like he doesn't treat them any different. Like he's like, "What? You're gonna hide from all the shit that you, like you get made fun of for?" Um, the fight yeah. scenes are cool, and it's yeah, it's awesome. I'm down with that because I've been pushing for the George Costanza show for about twenty years now. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I so. <laughs> I've been speaking of George Sanders show. I've been watching this show AP Bio. Yeah, uh, have you heard of it? No. It's got uh, I don't know the actor's name, but it's Dennis from It's Always Sunny. Okay. And he's a basically a disgraced philosophy um, professor from Harvard, uh-huh. and he has to go back to his hometown and teach AP Bio. But he's just a complete dick and is like trying to get uh, revenge on everybody. All the time. So instead of actually teaching the kids, he's just like plotting out ways to get revenge on people. That's awesome. Including like some nemesis. In the first season, it's all about his nemesis that like got the job at Stanford that he thinks he should have got. It's great because it's just like, you know, maybe it says something about me, but it's that character that I love. That's just like, you know, the George Costanza. Just he's a loser, but he just is so mad and a dick about everything. Yeah. And there's something just fun about that in a TV show. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a very typical uh, sitcom plot line. Like he's a dick and through the kids, he becomes a better person, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's fun. And I like the guy who plays Dennis. I think he's funny. Um, yeah. And this, I mean, this is a lot like that too. <clears throat> I haven't seen him become nice yet. I mean, we're about five episodes that he's still being a dick to everybody. <laughs> um, but no, it's pretty cool, and the soundtrack's awesome because he like won't let go of his childhood. So he like makes all the kids listen to like '80s hair metal, and as um, they should. Yeah, right. And it's like, it's just funny because like he won't let go of that point in time, and it's awesome. I mean, the yeah, the, and the fight scenes are like kind of cheesy, like the '80s movies were. I mean, like the camera angles and stuff. It's awesome. 
Yeah, I, I like it. And they do clips from the original movie. Then there's like, you get further in, there's some like sentimental stuff about Mr. Miyagi and, um, and it, which is like really sad. Cause like, you know, the actors passed away now. It's, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he passed away early two thousands, but it's good. It was like a nice surprise. I'm like, Oh, this is a show that I wanted to watch, but fuck paying for YouTube. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, YouTube. You can add, I don't care how many times you ask me to pay for YouTube. I'm never going to pay for YouTube. <laughs> YouTube's biggest problem was that it's created like eight different streaming services inside of YouTube. Yeah. And the, the actual like, YouTube live TV isn't bad. Like, right. I usually, around this time of year, I'll start paying for it because I can watch football. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. But that doesn't include the YouTube original stuff. No. And you have so, to pay yeah. separate for that. They're doing it all wrong. Yeah, it's just like, I'm like, no, and especially since, you know, we talk about off camera, but I didn't grow up watching um, Karate Kid. So right. their big push was like, we have Cobra Kai. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, if you've never seen Karate Kid, like, it has no weight to it. You got to yeah, watch Karate Kid. Because like, I saw it on Netflix. I was like, I'll add this to my list because I've heard people talk about it. Right. And. I have yeah. some context because I love uh, How I Met Your Mother, but other than that... It's just but... funny because the guy who's the main character is the guy that Chris and I would always see at the, like, the not the big Comic-Cons, but, like, the smaller cons where he'd have, like, a table in the back. And he was just at every one, you know? Like, it wasn't Daniel LaRusso was the other guy, and it was, like, the kid who lost in Karate Kid. You know what I mean? Like... That was his table. And sometimes he'd have the instructor there that had the Cobra Kai, like that actor. And he'd always, every con I've been to, I've seen him there. And, like, good for him for making his money off that still. But, like, like it's such a nice moment to, like, see him, like, as the main character and be like, man, this guy finally got what he deserved. You know, like, he, he never, I mean, he stayed in shape and everything. And he never let that character go. And he was always true to the fans, man. You always see him, like, coming out from behind the tables, just talking with people about Karate Kid. And it's just so funny because, like, that's the dude that's at all the cons. And now he's got his own TV show again. But, like, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Hey, everybody. Chris here. Just want to take a quick break from the show to remind you all that if you go to FortressOfComicNews.com, there's a banner at the top for Amazon. If you use that Amazon banner, we get a little kickback from it as an advertising fee. So if you do any of your purchases on Amazon, we would really appreciate it if you would use our banner to do all your purchases. That way you can help out the show, help out us, and get all the awesome things you buy on Amazon, including comics, DVDs, everything. So remember, go to FortressComicNews.com and use that Amazon banner on the top. Thank you all so much for listening, and let's move on to the rest of the show. But uh, I guess we'll just jump into the comic news. There's there's some interesting tidbits going on here. Um, the... So the Fortnite season dropped, I think it was like last Thursday. And for me, I've been playing a little more recently um, with some friends. And that was just because, and I honestly, I'm, I'm very bad about spending money in these free games. I'm terrible about it. I, I have no self-control. Um, I mean, yeah, I just, I just, I like, I see a Batman skin, I buy it. And they released all the Batman skins. I'm like, I had to buy them. <laughs> well, now this season is all, it's all Marvel Comics themed. And it, you start off with Thor and there's apparently there's a crossover now where Donnie Cates is writing a comic with the with the Thor that's relative to that to the Fortnite because he's got this crazy outfit he's got like this long blue like trench coat on and stuff and they've added She-Hulk they're gonna add all these other characters 
Um, so I read the comic, and oh, okay. so what they're doing is that's the, that's how Thor looks in um, the current Thor book. Okay. Um, that's and if you read the comic, it kind of like it takes a place uh, of Donny Cates' run because currently Thor has the power cosmic. That's why he looks kind of weird and superhero-y. Um, And it takes a a part of that story and just kind of sucks them into Fortnite. Almost as if like this happened, then they came back and they finished the rest of the actual book. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So it it was cool. Like it was fun for like a quick read. And I'm just like, okay, it'll, I think, uh, who was I? It was, our last week's guest we were talking about is he made a good point of like, if how many people are playing Fortnite? you know, 5 right. billion people. I don't know. Yeah. It's like if this gets 500,000 people to like say, Oh yeah. And read a comic and then be like, you know, read this connection comic and be like, yeah, I like I comics. Yeah. Right. Like that's, well, that's a good thing. I mean, that's just me. I'm like, I love comics and I, I, I'm like, yeah, yeah. about Fortnite, but I'll go buy skins. <laughs> like, but there's plenty of people playing that, uh, that game that right. maybe watch the movies yep. or maybe watch the cartoons, but I guarantee you have never picked up because as right. we said last week, once again, um, a high selling book in our industry is a million copies. Right. And the real world, a million copies ain't shit. Mm-hmm. So if you can grab some of those Fortnite people, at least try to read comics. Yeah. I think it's cool. And also the fact that Donnie Cates is doing it of all people, like, Good on him. Yep. You know, yeah, it's pretty neat that they got him to write it. I will say, you saw it, so there's a Black Panther statue in there now that people oh, no. first thought was a tribute to Chadwick. Uh-huh. Um, but it turns out it was something that was planned all along. It just kind of coincidentally happened the way it did. Oh. Uh, so I watched the video and I thought it was a tribute to him, thinking, like, oh, it's really cool. It's very awkward to see someone in a Silver Surfer suit shooting mm. people with pistols <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's weird because like even though you're batman you're like running around an m16 <laughs> yeah well it's the the last time i remember being this awkward like feeling yeah. this awkward about it was you remember when they did the nfl skins oh yeah and you're just like and, tom brady running around with it well, the, the patriots skin was aaron hernandez's number. oh oh that's right yeah <laughs> yeah that was poor taste yeah i forgot I was about like that. somebody did not think this through all yeah. the way yeah yeah. So yeah, it was you know a different type of awkward, but it was still awkward to see all these characters that I've read for so long. And be like, they, no, they wouldn't shoot each other. Yeah, why would they shoot? Yeah, yeah Silver Surfer with a machine gun. Um, it's just fun to have. Uh, also, so Magic: The Gathering is getting their piece. Uh, they announced that in the next upcoming set, um, they're going to do a crossover with AMC's The Walking Dead and make Walking Dead zombie tokens for the card game. See. I like this idea because I'm still trying to collect. So they started with the last two two sets ago. Uh, Magic did this thing where they had these big, like the set was revolved around big monsters. So there was Godzilla versions of all the monsters. I love Godzilla, big Godzilla fan. Yeah. I currently have like, I need one more. I think I have like 14 out of the 15. But my problem with that was Magic didn't just do card alters for Godzilla fans. They made them like the most expensive cards out of the set. So there was like oh, yeah. one that was like a hundred bucks. One that was, and you could only some were only available in like what they call collector boosters, which are like thirty dollars a piece as opposed to four dollars. And then they made them Japanese exclusives. So I was like, 
I was going out of my mind to get all these cards. But now the key the key thing in this news article is that they're tokens. And if anybody knows anything about Magic the Gathering, token cards aren't worth anything because it's not an actual card that you play with. It's like a placeholder. So say I created a zombie on the playing field. You put this token card there to... Okay, so now you know I have a zombie on the playing field. Which is, if it could be a Walking Dead zombie, I think that's cool. Um, and, and also the price point isn't going to be very high if you want to collect these cards if you're yeah. a Walking Dead fan. So that's a cool way to do it. I think moving forward, they should do token tokens like this. So... Well, real quick on this, this is really cool. It's a cool crossover. It's something yeah. like neat they can do. Yep. Um, back back when I played Magic, like religiously. Now my entire Magic: The Gathering is that um, MTG Arena they do. Yeah, I, I jump it. on yeah. that once in a while yep. just to get my fix. Yeah, it's fun. Oh yeah, Arena's fun. <laughs> it, it just it gets it out of me because I'm not yep. super competitive about it anymore. But so back in my day, I had this is during the onslaught uh, days. Yep. I had created the uh, squirrel deck. Oh yeah, that revolves around tokens, and we yep. didn't really have tokens back then. Right. So I would go into tournaments with just a bag full of pennies. Yep. And those yep. would be my squirrel tokens. Yeah. Right. Uh, now they've done, and they've actually retroactively made squirrel tokens, which is pretty hilarious. But yeah, yeah, it's it's fun to see them do tokens and now doing neat things like right. like you said the Godzilla thing. And I don't know if you saw this either, but one of the new sets is going to be 100% designed around D&D Forgotten Realms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they announced the next few sets, like, the next one's going to be Viking-related. The next one after that's going to be, like, Magic School, like a Harry Potter-style set. And then D&D Forgotten Realms, which... So another thing, not to talk about too much about Magic, but this is kind of nerdy, and we don't have a lot of content. So... um, (laughs) I don't know if you heard this. They added a party mechanic to Magic, which is, it was like their start of like, so this is the, they released the start of the cards for the new set, and then the new set releases throughout the year, and that becomes your standard play set. Um, It gets a little confusing, but these are like the cards that you can use in standard tournaments that are legal to use. Um, so it, just to interrupt real quick, it used to be the a core set would come out. So right, we'd get yep. the 2024 so the core, set, yep. and that would kind of be the start of the the right. new standard. Is that so still... We, yep, so we have Core 21, but they always do, for the first like themed set, they always do like a trailer and like a big reveal, and a lot of the big cards usually come out of this set. Uh, at least that's what happened last year. So um, a lot of like very like strong cards. So basically they... They've added a, a system, like a lot of cards have mechanics on them. Um, without knowing too much about the game, they added a, uh, a party mechanic, which everybody knows that party systems are more like an RPG. When you're playing Magic, you're playing 1v1, unless you have 2v2, but it's not really a party system like D&D or like playing WoW or something like that. So they added a party mechanic, which is kind of cool. So a lot of the cards will say something like, if you have, uh, for every member in your party, quote-unquote, you get X life, you get X attack points, you get whatever, you get some type of bonus. And then it says in parentheses, a party is every rogue, cleric, fighter, and uh, um, I forgot, or sorcerer, or mage in, that's on the field. So like, you know, your typical RPG party characters, if mm-hmm. you have any of those type of creature types out, it, it counts as a party, and there's a lot of cards that get buffs from it. So it's like, it's just a fun and wacky thing they added. It's not it's not super overpowered, but it's just like it motivates people to put a variety of cards 
that are different character types in their deck, which usually, you know, some people only play with vampires. Some people only play with, with angels or demons. But now, like, it's it's trying to get people, like, okay, mix and match. You get a rogue, you get a, a mage, you get a, a fighter. It's pretty cool. Yeah, because I know when I was playing, it was very much theme deck oriented. Yeah, and it seemed right. like I because I've watched my brother is still hard into the community, and it seems like it's more around mechanic based. Yep. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but I could see really that is. mechanic getting much more powerful with the D and D specific yeah. set. <laughs> so and and yeah, and, and they said it's it's an actual licensed D and D Forgotten Realm set. So. Please, Magic, and I'm sure they're going to do some crazy alters of like, uh, you know, like specific characters within Forgotten Realms. Oh yeah, give me a Dritz Planeswalker. People don't know who Dritz is. Dritz Warden is like the biggest name in D and D, biggest character. He's a dual, dual wielding, dual blade wielding, uh, dark elf, and he's got a pet panther. Please give me, give me that card. I want to frame it. It's probably going to be worth, worth hundreds of dollars, but. I just I love Dritz. He's an awesome character. Dave, just to wrap this up, uh, um, Wizard as a whole has been very good because we talked about a while ago where like they're doing D and D campaigns centered around Magic the Gathering characters, and now they're doing Magic the Gathering stuff centered around D and D, and doing a really great job of trying to like blend their universes together and get people from all across them to uh, enjoy it. So yeah, we gotta, really we gotta talk about that after we're done recording. <laughs> yeah, so this, I mean, this is just one of the things they've done. They've taken a set from Magic and brought it into a core rulebook. I don't, I mean, I don't play a lot of D and D anymore, but it's just really cool to have this like world building yeah. tool. Plus, it was an alternate cover, so I'm a sucker for that stuff, and I had to buy yeah. it. But, I, uh, I so want to play a campaign set inside the Magic the Gathering universe as a planeswalker. Yeah. Really bad. If you all say. Anyways, moving on. We can't be a Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, Boom Studios announced that it's taking Berserker to Kickstarter, and it's already crushed its goal. The campaign will fund the trade collections for the series, um, and, but it doesn't affect the monthly issues. Uh, fans are getting exclusive gear through the Kickstarter, so pretty cool. If you're a Berserker fan, it's still up, but I don't think they need your help. <laughs> no, so if you but if trade, you're... If you're like me, and I'm still considering whether I'm going to contribute to this, if you're like me and you're thinking about checking out the series but not really just head over heels about it, you can get the three, because apparently this is a 12-issue series, you can get the three just basic trades um, digitally for, like, le- I think it was less than 30 bucks. Yeah. I want to say it was 25 So... I just remember there was some really cheap. Op- there's some really like ridiculous options if you're a huge fan, mm-hmm. but there's some super cheap options for people like me who a don't mind digital and b just don't feel like spending all that money on a series they they're not so sure about. Yeah, I mean, Excuse there's me. there's there's some rewards here where they commit like three two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars for like a complete hardcover collection. Yeah, I remember there was one. There was a hardcover collection that was going to be exclusive to the Kickstarter. Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I was just hoping they had something where Keanu Reeves signed it. But that would be awesome. But and that. and I have said it before. I'm not a huge fan of big publishers or people who can obviously fund their shit without Kickstarter going on here. But it exists, and there's the one good thing is, like I said, cheap ways to get the book. 
you're going to have to wait a little bit for the book, but cheap ways to get it. Yeah. Um, and if you want, so I found out how, how to get the Keanu Reeves signed thing. Okay. The minimum you have to pay for Keanu Reeves, a Keanu Reeves autograph, um, I believe is $1,000. Also, yeah. can you wipe your ass with a thousand dollars? Yeah, the uh, Platinum Immortal signed box set, and that's not even like this. I think that's like the fifth tier or something. There's you, there's a five hundred dollar box set that comes with no autograph. <laughs> Just that's crazy. That so, I think uh, that's insane. A thousand dollars. To all our listeners out there, if you send me a thousand dollars. I could almost do an entire book on just that budget. Right. Yeah. I won't be able to print it, but I'll be able to get you an entire book on that budget. They can get Keanu Reeves to sign a poster for you. I'm just saying. Oh man. Yeah. It's not even the book. It's, it's just a, it's just a print that's signed. So they're not even bringing the book to him. Like they're shipping him prints and he's just signing those. That's crazy. So you're, you're not even getting the trades signed. You're no, just I think it just says a. It just says a print. That sucks. See, that's my thing. Is if if I did buy this book, this is the me speculating a little bit here. But if I ever did buy this book, I would buy issue one and I would hold on to it until the day that I could take Keanu Reeves' dick out of my mouth and be like, "Now will you sign my book?" <laughs> because. Oh. That that'd be the only thing worth doing. Like, right. I, I mean, a print would be cool if you're a big Keanu Reeves fan. You think this book's gonna be amazing, but I would rather have a book or an issue. Yeah, and this is why. Really quick before we get off this, this is why big big companies, big names don't really need to use Kickstarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like here's here's my thing: is yeah. there's Keanu Reeves alone can fund this book, print this book, ship it out to every retailer, and it wouldn't put a dent in his pocket. Exactly. It's the same problem I had with uh, when PlayStation came up on stage at E3 and said, you go to Kickstarter, do Shamu 3. Sony, you have enough money, you can fund Shamu 3. You do not yeah. need to kickstart it. Right, exactly. <laughs> like they, don't, they just don't want to take the risk, I guess. But I, I kind of, I get it as like a, almost trying it out as a pre-order thing. Mm-hmm. But I still don't like it. Like, yeah. take the risk. Put your money where your mouth is. Don't put it up on the fa- especially when you're on a platform where so many indie people depend on, right? Exactly. To make their stuff become yeah, reality. Yeah, you're just taking away from all the other comic stuff on there. Yeah, but. and there's an argument for Cream Rises to the top, blah blah blah. But I don't, I just don't like it because yeah. that's it. What is it at? Like half a million? Uh, you're looking I, at it currently, right? I was looking at it, but I'll, I'll check again in a second. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it already got funded. Like that just tells you you don't need it. I mean, yeah. But. Well, and there's there's any guys that get funded day one too, but still, right. it's like I'm not saying that all that half million is going to go straight to indie guys, but I guarantee you a good chunk of that would have gone to an indie book, like the Oz or. I mean, like, that's not going Nation. to the book being made. That's going to them to pay Keanu Reeves for being involved or something like that <laughs> to pay the writing credit no, to he's, Keanu Reeves. No. Matt Kent's getting all the money. Keanu Reeves is getting the money when the movie gets made. Oh, true. Yep. There you go. Cynical Chris here again. Yep. Um, <laughs> so just to create come, things come full circle, Comixology has announced that they're teaming up with Dark Horse for print versions of their Comixology originals, starting with Chip Zdarsky's Afterlife in early 2021, and then more to follow. So 
this whole argument of print's better than digital, digital's better than print. Look at we got we got DC doing D, digital first, and now we got Comicsology that had digital exclusives. Now they're like, well, maybe we should print them. So Mark Wade did this like years back. I, f- yeah. I forget the name of the company, but he did like a, I'm going to do a digital only company. Yeah. Never going to get printed, everybody. And then he announced the IDW was going to print a bunch of it. So listen, this is my thing with any company. Don't, don't come out and say you're not going to do something because nine times out of 10, you do it. It's like when Disney bought Marvel, we're never doing Marvel zombies again. Guess what I bought this week? Marvel Zombies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like just, just stop saying you're not going to do something. That being said, there's so many people out there that are comics people that will never buy a digital comic. Right. That's I true. know a few of them. Yep. Um, and there's some good books on this, this list. I, my phone's away. But Afterlife for One, great book. Mm-hmm. Youth, great book. Um. I'm trying to get to it, but I heard that Funny Creek is really good. Like, there's really good books here that I would like to see more people read. And some of them are Eisner winners at this point. So we're talking about quality comics. Yep. And Dark Horse needs money because it keeps losing every property it gets. Yeah. (laughs) To Marvel. Dark Dark Horse needs some help. Um, With that, let's, uh, let's start talking about what we read the last couple weeks. Okay, so uh, real quick, I'll throw it out there. I told you off, Mike, but to everybody out there, I've been away from civilization for three or four days now. I haven't read anything from this week. So everything I'm going to talk about is from last week. I'll talk about this week's book next week. So we'll have a super long one next week. Um, For me, I don't really remember what I missed last week, but I just got stuff that I read. Uh, Three Jokers, Jeff Johns, Jason Fabok. It exists. It It does exist. Did you read it? I did. So real okay. quick, we had a debate in the comic shop. And yeah. I know you, you bought it digitally, correct? Uh, yes. Yep. So if you were going to buy it in single issues physically, there was two covers. One was yep. Batman. And then, so there's going to be a whole line of Batman covers. It's going to be Batman, yep. Red Hood, Batgirl. The other one's going to be the three Jokers. Uh-huh. Which ones would you have bought? Probably the... Hmm... I don't, I don't really care for the Bat family as a whole, so maybe the joke. I, I don't know, but like I, I like Batman over the Joker, so maybe like the first one with Batman and then the other two with the Jokers. So I was alone. Everybody else told me it was the Bat family. Uh, and their their argument is sound. It's a Batman story. True. So I want Batman. My thing was, it's titled Three Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can make the argument So I want way. the Joker. But their idea here is that people will buy two of each issue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure people are. But for me, I was just like, I told yeah. my comic shop owner, like, no, you, if that's fine if everybody else wants Batman. I want Joker, so make sure I get Joker for each issue. Right. Um, I mean, Jason Fabok hasn't done something in a while. His art is just awesome. Shout out to him. Uh, for Jeff Johns, it's nice that he... Yeah, like this story's this story is good, but then also like Shazam kind of suffered this week. I feel like when I read Shazam, so I feel like he can really like he's he. I don't know if he's doing too much or he's like it. It, it happened with uh, it happened with the Doomsday Clock that was like it was great, and then it fell off. Same thing happened with Shazam this week, but it looked like 
he was kind of focused on doing this mostly. Um, the story was good. I mean, spoiler alert, there's three different Jokers working together. <laughs> um, we don't know how they got there. We don't know what why they got there, but uh, the one of the Jokers is um, the killing joke. The other one is, I'm pretty sure, from the New 52. So I felt like it was because one was obviously Killing Joke. Yeah, one was obviously because they had the outfit from the Killing Joke. Um, one was kind of like old school Joker, which is more of a crime boss. Yep. Um, oh yeah, then, like Jack Nicholson. Joker. Yeah. So to me, yeah. it was like yeah, it was like basically pre-crisis Joker, post-crisis Joker, and, and then, then kind of a more modern Joker, which is like on the edge of insanity. Um, well, he was the Joker that beat Jason Todd to death. I think was like. The pre was that would that be the pre crisis? Post crisis would it be post crisis? Yeah. Been, so they they tried to make each joke like it seems like uh, John's tried to make each Joker relatable to a point in each character's life. So there was Killing Joke Joker back yeah girl, right the one that killed Jason Todd that Red Joker. Hood. Yep. and then I don't really know how they're connecting Batman and the other one, but <laughs> he's just related to all the jokes. Yeah, um, um, but I had heard, and I once again, I can't take credit for this theory. I steal everybody's theories, and I tell you all them, and it makes me look smart. Yeah, you're not um, supposed to say that part of it, though. No, I tell the truth too much. It gets me in trouble. Damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the theory I'd heard is that each Joker is going to be from after a different crisis. So we have post-crisis, post-infinite, post-final Joker. Yeah, yeah. And that's why there's three. Yep. Makes sense. And I'm down with that theory. Yeah. And as far as the, the first issue goes, I mean, the story wasn't bad. Um, you got Red Hood and Batgirl working together. You got all and with Batman. You have the three different Jokers that are leading the, the cops astray. I mean, they want they basically want them to know there's three different Jokers is what they've established throughout the, the issue. Um, the 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 three different versions are leaving clues for each of the each of the bat family to kind of chase um which leads the uh batgirl and red hood to to one of the jokers that they capture and i think it's the it's like the crime boss one right at the end there it yeah was... or no it's the one it's the one that beat jason todd up i'm pretty sure because he 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 talks about jason todd um beating him over the head this was the one that seemed like the more actually i was wrong it's not really more modern it almost seems to me like a little bit more of a sadistic twist on mark hamill's joker mm, okay because like he brought back the smiley fish which i know happened yeah. before mark right, hamill's joker, right. but it's really yeah. associated there yeah um, uh, so yeah and- i almost think that's the 90s joker so i mean the main take is like they're trying to investigate this by by the end of it they have one of them captured, and Jason Todd shoots him in the head and kills him. Yeah. And um, that's a pretty big moment. And also, Batgirl doesn't do much to stop him, so they both kind of wanted it. More importantly, uh, Gaggy shows up, which is fantastic. Gaggy, yeah. The little um, psychic. <laughs> little psychic that showed up in like five issues in all right. of uh, DC Comics. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That moment, like, because I had to read it a few times to understand what was going on. But there's, mm-hmm. yeah, that moment where Batgirl goes to kind of stop Jason and misses. And Jason mm-hmm. just looks at her and goes, when's the last time you missed Barbara? 
Yeah. And exactly. she's basically like storms off like a little kid, like, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Biggest sin of this book is it wasn't an oversized issue like most of Black Label has been. Yeah. The art weird. was amazing. Yeah, it was the art was really good. And yeah. Fabok, just let him do whatever he wants. Love this book. I love the it's been done a million times, but I love yep. the intro of Batman with all the scars uh-huh. and kind of telling quick snippets about the scars. Like that always yeah, works. Yeah, that was cool. Oh yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. It, I know it's been done a thousand times, everybody, yeah. but it just, it works for me. I love it. Um, Black Widow number one, Kelly Thompson represent. I did tweet at her about my five issues that I purchased. Um, Adam Hughes and the art. Adam Hughes art is amazing. Such oh, a, Adam Hughes doing the art on that? That's Such a awesome. great style, yeah. And there's an alternate cover, too, with him that I bought a couple of. Um, so if anybody's looking for Black Widow number one, hit me up. <laughs> give it away for free if you want to read the story. I might just give them out to people on the street. I don't know. Um, they'll probably think it's some weird propaganda about the election. So, because everything's political nowadays. Um, yeah, can't watch basketball anymore. There, yeah, there's an awesome thing with... Uh, there's a Batman joke where she's talking to Cap on the roof because uh, she has to. She it starts off with her doing a mission for Cap where she has to get some info for him, and and he hands it off to the roof and then he turns around to talk to her and she's gone and he's like I hate when she does that. And it was like <laughs> oh that's like a, that's like a Batman rooftop joke. So that was pretty cool that she put the Batman joke in there. Um, it feels like <laughs> the uh, yeah. so she falls off a roof within all this hijinks happening. Um, and gets hurt. She has amnesia. Later in the issue, we, it's three months later. She has a job. She has a, a boyfriend guy that she loves. Um, doesn't really understand. Doesn't really realize that she ever had a past secret life. She's realizing that she has these skills, like she could ride a motorcycle and stuff. Um, didn't realize she could do that. Meanwhile, she gets caught on like a camera on the news camera or something, which like the normal Black Widow wouldn't let herself get caught. So Bucky and Hawkeye realized that like Hawkeye's watching the news and Caesar is like, she would never real um, Natasha would never get caught because her, her and Hawkeye kind of had a falling out after she teamed up with um, Bucky for a while, I guess I didn't read the comics, but I guess she had teamed up with Bucky. Um, and that like made Hawkeye and her like lose their friendship kind of. Um, but so they're wondering if she popped up that them either it's not her and, and she's definitely not undercover because she wouldn't allow herself to be caught. Uh, meanwhile, she's being observed or like spied on by this uh, villain named Arcade, um, and he's been watching her, waiting for her to slip up because they think that she's the normal Black Widow, and he needs to see that she's going to prove it to him. So it's a pretty solid first issue. I really liked it. Cool. Uh, really funny thing about it: um, the before she like enters the area to like do the whole fight scene. She like takes her boots off and does it like barefoot, <laughs> and it was like it was like Kelly Thompson's of like listen these you know they don't need to be in like high heel boots <laughs> or so whatever so like she obviously to be quieter right like she can't be running around the hallways with her boots on like it was just funny that like she was just barefoot right like took her boots off barefoot around fighting everyone it was, it's it's the the thing from Justice League the movie that always stuck with me after uh, they're asking Affleck. Like, how did Gal Gadot uh, mess with the crew? Like, how was her, how did she do? And he just turns around and screams, hey, Gal, how was it doing everything we were doing, but in high heels? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, like, well, doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, now the the Wonder Woman movie, she's in, like, you know, like, wrapped sandals, but whatever. 
Um, but yeah, that it's was, a solid was a different time too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a solid first issue. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, we know Kelly Thompson's a great writer. Uh, I loved I loved her uh, uh, Jessica Jones book. So kudos to her. Good job. Um, it's unfortunate that book that. I mean, it's unfortunate a lot of things with COVID, but right. it's super unfortunate that book was not able to come out alongside the Black Little movie when everybody would have been Jones and Right, it. I know. Now we're still waiting for the movie, you know. Yeah. Um, Shazam 14 uh, is a quick wrap-up, really speed run, wrapping everything up. We're, this is where we are. This is where we're done. <laughs> um, that's why it seemed like Jeff Johns just wanted to be done with this book. Uh, Superboy Prime shows up <laughs> for, like, a little bit, and they have a tussle with them, and then by the end of the book, they just... All, they don't even show Superboy Prime. They don't say why he was there. They don't say, like, how he was there. He, like, subtle hints of, like, we fought before, blah, blah, blah. But then they were like, oh, we gave him the Justice League because we didn't know what to do with him. That was the only reference to him by the end of the book. And it's like, Jeff Johns is done messing around with Superboy Prime. He's he's gave, the, he's gave Superboy Prime over to DC, and they Shazam family gave him over to the Justice League. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if that's ever going to pop up anywhere else. I don't know, like... It's it's a Saturn girl all over again, Jeff Johns. Like you have some great ideas, but the execution just isn't there. Um, I don't think it's his heart. Or yeah, maybe not his heart, but his mind isn't all in on comics, and that's yeah. not good. Um, the family the family ends up being okay. Uh, there's a sad moment where he realizes his dad, after not being mind control, he doesn't really give a shit about him, so he doesn't he just lets him go. Um, and then we find out by the end of the issue, the seventh champion they were supposed to find where Billy thought it was his dad is actually Black Adam. We get a picture of all the family sitting around and Black Adam sitting there. And there is like a moment of resolve with Black Adam where he like he has Billy. He, Billy has Black Adam trust him like he has to go out of his Black Adam form, which we haven't seen in a while. And he's like a shriveled old man like he's he's old. And he's like, well, if I go out of my form, I need to trust you to like use your powers to bring me back. He's like, you'll trust me. And he does that. And you can kind of see that he almost like sides with Billy at the end. So maybe they're slowly chipping away at Black Adam. Like, um, I don't know if they're ever going to go anywhere with this stuff. Like, you know, it's well, are they ever going to do a Shazam book again? Or is it going to be put away for 20 years? Um, it doesn't sound like they're doing anything else with Superboy Prime. So, like, get us excited for that. And then. And how much of this was a primer to do for Shazam 3? Yeah. The movie that is. Right. Right. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know, but I didn't read it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, the Superboy Prime thing is just, a, like, it went from being a really cool thing to being like, okay, when are you going to use him? <laughs> you know, like, and then basically he just had him fight, like, Black Adam. It was just another Superman versus Black Adam. Like, this is dumb. Uh, Justice League 52, Jeff Loveness, and Robson Roca on the art. Art is amazing in this issue. Holy shit. Uh, because they're doing the crazy like bat dream stuff or like superhero dreams, so there's a lot of like slashing, but uh focuses on Batman being stuck in the Black Mercy. Um his mom, this portrayal of his mother within his mind is actually the Black Mercy and he figures it out and kinda like explains to him throughout your iterations of the multiverse of Batman, there's always been one thing and always ends in like sadness or like you never get what you want. And with the explanation comes this amazing splash page of uh, Bat, uh, uh, Bruce from Batman Beyond. Um, you also get Bruce from uh, Kingdom Come, and then you get just like normal Batman fighting with the Justice League, which was like, okay, I know this is like you're in Batman's mind, but it's still really cool. They're talking about the multiverse. Um, Wonder Woman gets them out using her lasso. They all break out of the Black Mercy, and then Superman 
and Batman have like a conversation at the end of the issue. But um, other, I mean, Chris would have got excited for the Batman Beyond stuff, but it was it was a solid issue overall. Um, and that's odd. they're done with that, so I don't know where they're going to go next because that was conclusion to the Black Mercy. The next is the metal tie-in. They're going to the oh, that's right, metal tie-in. Okay. Yeah. Um, Strange Adventures, Tom King. Uh, first off, <laughs> was it number cover, five? Yeah, Strange Adventures five. The cover is a little ridiculous. It's the whole, it's the whole thing that like people make fun of, like drawing the woman's anatomy in comics is like, um, is what's her name? Alana Strange is that her name? Uh, she's on the cover and she's like twisting her body, like showing her booty, but also you can see like the whole front of her torso. And I'm like, it's just funny because it's like that's like the only thing on the cover. And I was like, how did she, how did she twist her body like that? But <laughs> I was like, wow, they really they really just went with that. Okay. Um it was just a straight like I understand you want to show she's like a she's like in charge of all the things and that's what happens in this issue really. Um Yes, uh by the end of the issue there's another invasion coming from the the pricked or whatever they're called. Um and because they handled it, they handled this big war um on Ron, they said okay. Well, Alana Strange is going to uh, work with Adam Strange and the Justice League is going to report to him. So it's really weird because the news is like, well, the Justice League is supposed to be investigating him for all this weird stuff. But now the Justice League is reporting to him for this invasion. So and it seems that she's getting what she wants. Like she has the backing from the president and this is like their plan is coming together. So I don't know. I really don't know what the hell is going on. Um, it seems like the Justice League has kind of like stopped investigating them because of like the bad publicity about it. So uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. Hopefully the, the story doesn't fall short and we get some weird things happening. But uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And that's all I had. Oh, I'm shocked. You didn't read Legion of Superheroes number eight. But that's yeah, that was the one from last week I missed. So um. I won't get too much into it because it's a very dense issue and it's revolving around this trial that they're going to start. But what I will say is this is the start of that, like all every artist ever doing a page for this book. And it reminds me so much about how Bendis is a great writer (laughs) because he doesn't, he works around the idea that a different artist is going to be on each page and works his story to fit that artist and to not like continue a scene from mm-hmm. page to page mm-hmm. so that it's not jarring. I, I, he killed it on this book and the art team killed it too. Um, the art throughout it is really great and it's not so jarring. The only page is kind of jarring in the sense of like, it's so much different that it almost takes you away is uh, Lemire does a page for it. And if you know Lemire's style, I enjoy Lemire's style personally, but it is just very different mm. and um, but it was still a good uh, page. So definitely uh, love this issue. That was great. Um, Batman Superman number 11. Uh, this is the end of the ultra humanite story arc in which ultra humanite tries to get Superman to kill Batman mm-hmm. and they make him think that he did it. And then there's a fight and then it's all over and everything's back to normal. So <laughs> this is my problem with the Batman, the Batman Superman books. I, I try them every time they come out mm-hmm. and they always start off hot. Like this one, the first like six to eight issues were really, really good. Yeah, they were good. And they start to kind of peter out 
because they can't do anything too jarring with it. Um, I mean, they never were going to kill Batman, but to me, it was like there was never even a chance of that because there's a Batman book. <laughs> right. And you would have done it there. So it's they're fun books, but they always, I always do kind of fall off of them after a while because I just, it, it loses something after a while. And this book, when it was tying in with everything going on with metal, death yeah. metal, that is, yeah. it worked a lot better than uh, some of these side stories. But I'll continue it for a little bit longer. Um, and Ultra Humanite's always a fun character. Yeah, it's always, it was cool to see him. Yeah. That is the one thing that I like that Joshua Williams done is he's brought in characters that we haven't seen that much mm-hmm. of their of both of their rogues gallery and uh, centered around them. So if he keeps doing that, that will get me into a little bit more. Um, Rogue Planet number four. So we talked about Rogue Planet like a month or so ago. Oh yeah, right. And we talked about how like they slaughtered all those aliens. Yep. And they had that whole sequence. Well. Turns out they're not dead. So (laughs) they're talking about how they're going to get off the planet and how they need to get away. And Mm -hmm. they kind of set this up like this is going to be the last issue. And then the dead people come up and they start chasing after them. There's a whole sequence there. They get in their ship and they're ready to go. And of course, something goes wrong. That like giant weird eyeball thing grabs the ship and crushes it. Oh. And now they're stranded on the the planet even more than they were before. So awesome issue. Um, Andy McDonald's art in this issue is great. There's like a two-page spread that's just gorgeous. Yeah, really good Uh, stuff. Love this book. It's really good. Well, this is great because these are the books I missed last week. (laughs) So this week, (laughs) you you got last week's cover. Um, Empire, Captain America number three. This is just kind of wrapping up that whole story of Cap and his new Halloween commanders. Um, commandos mm-hmm. uh, fighting this giant titan-esque plant alien monster and how he brought the UN and all these different people together to try to fight against this one threat that could, if if every country didn't pay attention to this one threat, they were going to hit a landline that could have destroyed entire continents. Uh, really good is- issue is the end of the series. Uh, I hope Philip Kenny Johnson gets a shot at Cap down the line because this is hands down the best Cap I've read in years. Awesome. I uh, really liked it. So if you like Cap and you're mad about, as I am about the other Cap books that have come out recently, check this series out. Even if you're not reading Empire. Listen, here's Empire. Giant plant aliens attack Earth. Done. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Action Comics uh, 1024. I read this like two weeks ago, and now I'm trying to remember what hell happened. <laughs> oh, so the FBI uh, are kind of raided uh, Daily Planet, and Clark gets back with all the other Superboys that he's found. And then they realize something's happening. The Invisible Mafia is out there, and they're kind of scurrying away because they've been found out. Mm-hmm. And uh, this red mist lady goes out and in order to get Clark's attention to try to keep him away from the leader of the invisible mafia kills the firefighter that we have been uh, talking about since the beginning of uh, this run on Superman. Mm. The one that he was helping take all the fires out with mm-hmm. that gets his attention that pisses him off. Oh boy! So they end up going out and they're trying to find the invisible mafia and, uh, 
they find somebody, but not who they want to find in the end. And it's kind of an eerie sight because it's super it's Superboy John, Superman, um, Superboy from Young Justice, mm-hmm. and then Brainiac Five. And they're all dark, but you can see whatever glowy parts they have. So the Superman, it's their eyes and the symbol. Yeah. Or Brainiac, it's just like the different dots all over his yep. head, whatever you yep. call them, nodes. That was a really creepy sequence. Mm. Uh, but yeah, good good issue. I still enjoy action comics. Cool. Um, X-Men number 11, which is another Empire tie-in. And this was really centered around Magneto. And the fact that Magneto really needed to step up and be a general in this war. And I don't want to give too much away because it's just like a really cool sequence in here if you're reading X-Men. But it was really nice to see something centered around Magneto and how he could be an inspiring figure for the mutants as opposed to just the Magneto we know who's just like the leader of the Brotherhood and a bad guy. But he's grown into this role of being kind of the elder spokesman for the mutant population. Yeah. Uh, really, I mean, it's a Hickman book. Yep. You should be reading it if you're not. Um, real quick, Dr. Afro number three was really good. Um, if you like Dr. Afro, I'm enjoying it. It's a Star Wars book. Batman Beyond number 46 is all about this like post-apocalyptic thing that's happening where somebody who was working under Damien, who is now taking over for Raja Ghoul in the future and tries to inflict Raja Ghoul's final plan to create this barrier around the earth to keep sunlight out mm-hmm. and create a, a basically a new ice age. And he's been successful so far. And the only people that are still standing are Batman, Batwoman, because we have a Batwoman and Batman Beyond now. Uh, Damien and his big red dragon. Um, I'm really enjoying this one, too. Yeah, big red dragon's always cool. And then the final issue of The Man Who Fucked Up Time came out, and once again, I don't want to ruin this. I mean, it's a really good series, and this was everything that happens in here is really important if you're going to read the series. I'll just say read the series, because it doesn't end the way you think it's going to, and there's a big twist in here about like what happened and how everything was going on. And who our main character really is. Like we have throughout the entire series, we did not know who our main character was until this issue. Hmm. And uh, I just think it's a really cool time travel story that doesn't go the traditional way of like, and it's all back to normal, everybody. Like there's a a pretty cool twist that he's kind of like, well, I tried. (laughs) And then you get a shot of what it looks like. And it's like, oh, oops. Um, but yeah, John Lehman, Aftershock book. It's only five issues. If I'm sure the trade will be out here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, people should definitely check it out. And the art, um, who does the art? Carl, Carl Mostert. I'd never read anything by him before, but he has a really cool style. Mm. Um, I'd have a hard time saying it'll work at like Marvel or DC, unless it's a real niche book. But it's a cool style that I hope to see more of in some indie stuff moving forward. Cool. Awesome. Um, and that's all I had. So, Mike, where can those people find you on the internet? They can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? Well, they can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter or ChrisRunt.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-R-U-N-D-T.com. Uh, you can go there and follow everything I do. Or if you want to follow everything we do together as people, 
you can go to ForceComicNews.com. And uh, on ForceComicNews.com now is the store. Um, this is where everything Fortress Comics is going to be sold from now on. So if you want to get your print copy of Battle Monsters number 1 or a PDF of it through us, it's up there. Um, and I've already seen purchases through it, so they're shipping out, and people are telling me they're getting there just fine. So... I know at least the process works, everybody. So nice. if you want to get it, go there. Nice. <laughs> um, and new, because I don't do enough stuff, and I apparently hate my family, mm-hmm. uh, Twitch t- twitch.tv slash Fortress Chris, where currently I am streaming Marvel's Avengers. Nice. Station. Nice. Um, it's a good series. They're a good game so far, except for yeah. the one day where I just decided I couldn't play, and I gave up like two hours in and told everybody I'm sorry for wasting their time. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was one of those days. Yep. Um, I get it. Yeah, and if you remember, everybody, listen to us, five-star reviews on whatever podcast you use. Uh, like, subscribe, share, comment down below on YouTube. Uh, Patreon.com slash News if you want to support us further. And... I think that's everything because I do a lot of things and I can't remember all of it. People. <laughs> it gets harder to remember. Over oh, time. I have a very important cause that we all need to jump in on. So I want you all to go on Twitter. And after you subscribe to Mike and me, I want you to subscribe to this very special. I got to look it up, everybody. It is at, Boycott Pumpkin. Listen, we all know the Big Pumpkin is taking over all of our coffee drinks and our donuts, and it's enough already. Nobody likes it. You all pretend you like it. Nobody really likes it. So everybody, support Boycott Big Pumpkin on Twitter. I bought pumpkin beer already. And... (laughs) You're part of the problem. If you want to do something good this fall, because there's nothing else we can do to help this world this fall, go and support Boycott Big Pumpkin. There's nothing else you should put your attention on to this fall. Nothing. We need to take care of Big Pumpkin first. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care of one big orange thing and then on to the next big orange thing. Yeah, we'll do that in a couple of years. Yeah.